Media is everywhere, in so many different forms. In the 21st century, the power of media is at your fingertips. Anyone can pull out a phone or mobile device and have access to thousands, if not millions, of different media. From the news, to music, photos, and videos. The connection that we humans have to media is nearly endless. Hi, my name is Ben. I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Arts with a double major, one in criminology and the other in media, culture and communications. But before I dive into this vast world of media, I want to take a look at the industry from the outside without tainted eyes, having very little knowledge of just how far it spans. I also want to find out where this industry came from, what came before and what might lie ahead. And let's be honest, in this world of ever-growing technology, we could see a drastic change in the way we do things. In this podcast series, I'll be speaking to different people who all have significant careers in the industry to not only get their insight into the depths of media and communications, but to also learn about their individual journey from when they were a student right up until now. So join me as we take a look at The Industry Ahead. Welcome to episode one of The Industry Ahead. Since its development in 1927, the television has become a significant part of our lives, connecting us to the world outside from the comfort of our homes. Whether you're into reality TV and game shows, or prefer a more realistic approach to entertainment through the news or current affairs, we are captivated by the world outside through a small box or a flat screen if that's your style. Joining me for the start of our journey is Daniel Doody, a roving reporter from Network 10's Studio 10, delivering the fun, exciting and interesting stories from across New South Wales every morning. Welcome to the podcast. So tell us more about your role in the industry. Yeah, oh, firstly, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate Thank you for coming. Pre- appreciate uh, being on here. Uh, so I started my career nearly eight years ago, and I studied journalism. So I've got a diploma of journalism at Maclay College uh, in Melbourne. That's where I uh, took my studies. And uh, from there, I landed a job as a production assistant at Channel 10 and then um, as a guest liaison at Sky News. Um, Then after that, after nearly three years, I moved to the country, to Bega, and I worked at a commercial radio station uh, called 2EC and Power FM. The the company was Grant uh, Broadcasters, and I worked as a radio journalist. And then after about seven months, I moved to the ABC, uh, still based in Bega. Uh, this is uh, in the far south coast of New South Wales as a news reporter, mainly in radio, dabbling in a bit of TV and online. And then from there, I got poached uh, from the ABC to uh, Channel 10 as a roving reporter for Studio 10. And here we are today. Nice. That's, <laughs> in a nutshell. That's a, in a nutshell. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was about to ask you, um, did you study tertiary education? But um, you've already covered that. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. That's wonderful. Um, so, yeah. So, tell us more about um, your high school experiences and what were your aspirations back then? So, I went to school at Arthur Phillip High in Parramatta. And I was there from year seven to year 10. And I was just like any other normal kid. 
Um, I didn't have any aspirations. Actually, no, I lie. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be <laughs> a singer, um, a huge famous musical theatre artist uh, in Broadway, West End, uh, but obviously that never came to fruition. And uh, so between year seven to year 10 at Arthur Phillip High School, Parramatta, I was just your average high school kid. Um, And then from there, I, uh, as I mentioned, I, I wanted to be a performer. So Arthur Phillip High School didn't have a big performing arts curriculum so I auditioned to I auditioned at Newtown Performing Arts High School and I completed my high school years there as a year 11 and year 12 student and after that I was basically performing at various RSL clubs across the state of New South Wales as a singer with different bands um, but then after a while, I thought to myself, I, I need to get a real job because <laughs> <laughs> the singing industry or the music industry, or, well, the entertainment industry as a whole, it's very hard to sort of crack into unless you are fully committed 100%. So I, after working in hospitality for about 10 years or so, I decided to look into journalism. Uh, the reason being is I started to watch a lot of news and a current affair and I thought that this is quite interesting and this is possibly something that I could do. Yeah, wow, that's great. And um, you said you've been in for eight years, was it? Yeah, so I've been in the media industry for about eight years now. Yeah, tell us about um, some of your notable career moments. Yeah, so look, as a roving reporter, um, I usually cover feel-good uh, community stories, uh, lots of positivity uh, when it comes to sort of trying to find content uh, to provide to a, uh, to to a national audience. But I think one particular story that stands out for me is the 2019-2020 bushfires that mm. happened on the far south coast of New South Wales. It was such a, a huge story. Um, not only for that particular area, but for um, Australia as a whole, because there were pockets of bushfires happening right across the country. But particularly the far south coast, um, I was at the time working for the ABC. Um, It was the end of 2019, so in December. Um, But leading up to that, we we were getting a lot of uh, grass grass fires and it was very hot and it was very dry. Um, but I started to get a lot of messages from people in Sydney that had family and friends in that area, in the far south coast. I was just relaying information to the people and I, I, I think people were very appreciative of the information that I was um, that I was giving, knowing that uh, their family and friends were safe. So yeah, that was a big highlight for me, um, career-wise. At the time, I was also working as a SES volunteer, and yeah, it was very hard to switch off for those couple of weeks when there was fire, there was intense fire that was happening all around the far south coast of New South Wales. But at the same time, I was very flattered and honoured that I was helping 
family and friends outside of the area with vital information. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see that, you know, something that could be perceived as so simple could be, you know, so significant to somebody else's life. So that's really amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes with, you know, what we actually see on TV as an audience. Give us a general outline of, you know, what that looks like in your position. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mention, um, I'm a roving reporter for Studio 10. So focusing on... 90% of the time focusing on positive feel-good stories, but a typical day for me is I come into the office, I write my intros for uh, the presenters, uh, my intros, my throws, so what the presenters are going to say to me when I'm out on the field. So I already have an idea of of what they're going to say to me because I've... I've (laughs) I wrote it. Uh, and um, so I do that. I assist uh, the newsroom with any other scripts because we also produce a 10 News First Midday, which is a national midday news bulletin. So before I leave, I'm, I'm in the office for about an hour, an hour and a half maximum. Uh, we then drive to our uh, location. We usually get to our location an hour beforehand. So then we could go through the live cross so it's a live interview it's not pre-recorded nothing like that so it's one one take (laughs) and that's it Uh, so we usually get to the location one hour beforehand Uh, we go through uh, the live cross there might be room to do a a, a little run through a rehearsal Uh, we check for the signal to make sure that Uh, the control room in the studio can see pictures that's connected to the camera and then um, I'm on at 10.30 and then we uh, reposition and then I'm on again at 11.10 and then we reposition again and then I'm on a uh, I, I either can turn my studio 10 cross into a midday news cross but it has to be newsy um, which is slight, it's you know, 10 News First Midday is slightly different to Studio 10. Studio 10 is more light entertainment, more more fun, mm. whereas 10 News First Midday is a bit more newsy. Mm. So if I could turn that story around, then I would just reposition to a to a different part of, of that location than I'm at and wait till 12.55 for another live cross. Or I would find a completely different story and head to that location ready for uh, a 12.55 p.m. cross. Come around 1 o'clock, uh, my, my day's not done. Head back to the office. It could be half an hour, it could be an hour. And then I start lining up my day for the next day or the next week. But still, that's not done. I start to search for stories for the future. So I'm always constantly finding content, whether that be on social media or getting emails from PR or word of mouth or seeing billboards or with uh, ideas or my other producers sending me ideas. So I'm constantly always looking for content. And then once after a few hours in the afternoon and I'm a little bit tired, (laughs) I need a break. As I you go would home. Be. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a lot of work that goes behind a three minute piece um, of television. Yeah, that's incredible. 
And at the time of this recording, you're just getting back from Newcastle. Tell us about that story, if you can. Yeah, so uh, Newcastle, as you know, it's uh, a two and an hour bit drive, two and a half hours uh, each way. <laughs> and I, my colleague came across an ABC article about a program called Silver Swans. And it's uh, basically a ballet class for over 55s. And I got in contact with the principal of uh, Newcastle Dance Academy and had asked and asked if they were keen for uh, for um, a, a televised live cross interview and they jumped at the opportunity. So myself and my camera operator, we drove up to uh, Newcastle and uh, we met some of the Silver Swans ballet dancers and uh, it was great they showed me some um, ballet uh, ballet techniques um, ballet moves and then they did a little performance as well and they were very cheeky that's really great um, and a bit of a bit of a silly one for you but uh, do you think the world will ever run out of news run out of never not at all there's always news out there no matter how small or how big it is, there's plenty of news out there. And there's more choice as well. They say TV is a dying industry, um, but I, I don't think it is. I think it's a niche now. It's a niche industry. And there's more opportunities for media professionals now with many different platforms, whether that be social media, radio, podcasts, TV, online. There's just more options. Yeah, and um, what was the what did the industry look like? The media industry as a as a whole, um, what did it look like when you first started out? Eight years ago, we were still finding our feet when it came to online and digital media, and I think media publications were still figuring it all figuring it all out. And fast forward to today. It's a lot stronger and your traditional media news outlets are, bec are becoming more tech savvy and in terms of TV organisations really tapping into becoming more uh, media friendly online. Um, and that's not just TV organisations, but also um, radio and newspapers as well. They're becoming um, more on trend when it comes to uh, online platforms. Yeah, that's great. Um, and what does the industry look like to you now compared to that time? It looks really good. There's many options for young and upcoming journalists, but it all depends on the path that they want to take, uh, whether that be on TV, on radio or online. There's more options for uh, upcoming journalists. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and what impact do you think this industry has on us as a society? I think it has a, a big impact. Media organisations are there to hold the government to account. That's very important. But it also has the power to change a narrative depending on the story. Uh, it has the power to change and it has the power to ask the 
the the question why which is very important and it has the power to inform as well and to entertain and how do you think technology has changed the industry and and do you think that's been a, a change for the better me personally i think it's changed for the better i think it's positive to be honest it's given organizations the opportunity to branch out a bit more and as a result there's more opportunities for journalists to find work and to find jobs you might not want to get your dream role uh, you might not get the opportunity to get your dream role straight away but that doesn't mean that it's not just around the corner it takes time and hard work to get to where you are it's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter because it certainly wasn't handed to me on a silver platter i had to work my butt off to get to where I am. <laughs> oh, that's really great. Just on the, when you're talking about um, technology as well, it's um, it's also a feat of innovation, isn't it? And it's the, it's the, it's kind of a race to see, you know, what we can do in this industry and who it's going to, who, like where it's going to come from. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. The younger generation turn to their phones straight away. So, your traditional media outlets need to tap into that and tap into that way of thinking in terms of, so how do I target a younger audience? What do we need to do as a media organisation to get the attention of younger people? Because traditionally, then they're not going to be watching the 6pm news, turning on the radio, um, reading newspapers. So... These media organisations need to think outside the box on how they can attract a younger audience. Yeah, and tapping into the the needs and wants, as I like to say, yeah. Um, So on to our future questions. Would you ever trade this career for something else? Is there another path that you've considered? And I know you were talking about your high school aspirations of, you know, musical theatre, and that's that's wonderful. Um, But in 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 the course of your journalism career, have you ever stopped to wonder, you know, could I maybe do that? Will I switch careers? Um, The media industry is all I know, Ben, really. Uh, And I may want to do something else on the side other than journalism and being in the media industry, but I think I'm going to be in it for the long haul. Maybe not traditionally being a journalist as such, but being more of a media identity in the near future. I couldn't think of anything else to do. This is uh, an industry that I love very much so. And I am going to be in it for the long run. That's wonderful. Um, And if you could give advice to young people starting out in the media industry or who are interested in the industry, what would you say? My advice is don't listen to the negativity about the industry. Try and focus on the positives You might not land your dream job straight away, but you will get there. And it takes time and a lot of hard work, but you will get there. Good luck. That's great. And it's now time for the big question of the series. What do you think the industry ahead looks like? I think we will still have our traditional news services. 
online, on radio, newspapers, but I think the digital world will be the most prominent. Yeah, wow, that's really insightful. Daniel Doody joining us from Studio 10. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experiences in the industry. Ben, thank you so much for having me. Next time on the podcast, we flip the tables and turn from video to audio. In the next episode, we'll be joined by the head of innovation from the ABC, who will be talking to us about the world of radio, where it all started, and what might be in store for the future of radio. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue to look at the industry ahead.